it's seriously a, a matter of life and death. Again, like humanity cannot survive under tyranny. Like it, 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 it just dwindles away and, and dies. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a really important fight. Like if we lose this one, we're screwed. The future is going to be substantially different, substantially different, and not in a good way at all. Hello there. How are you all? Welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Gemini, the only place I'm using for buying Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack. And today, I've got Max Hillebrand back on the show. Max is from Wasabi Wallet. And we're going to be discussing the importance of Bitcoin privacy. Now, I recorded a show with Max back in 2020, talking a little bit about Bitcoin privacy. And after that show, I tried out Wasabi and got totally lost. I didn't even manage to coin join anything. And so I sent a load of feedback to the team on what I thought was confusing about the UX and how I just didn't understand it. So Max and the Wasabi team went away, built version two from the ground up, and uh, they did this with everyday Bitcoiners in mind like me. So to test it out, I actually did my first ever coin join live on the show. But to be honest, Max tricked me and you'll see that in the show. But after that, we get into the importance of privacy and why Max is up for the fight. So if you've got any questions about this or anything else, you can email me. My email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. So we're going to do my first ever coin join. That's lovely. Matt O'Dell will be so proud. And while <laughs> ple- any pleb watching will be like, I can't believe you am fucking coin join for. <laughs> so am I right to use um, a ledger? Well, um, you, you can currently not yet sign a coin join on, on Ledger, by the way. So it, you have to send money to a hot wallet on Wasabi. That's right? what I assumed I was going to do. Exactly, right? So you're, you're going to send some money from Ledger, probably Ledger Live app or something. All right, okay. To Wasabi on a new address. And then... Right, let's try and figure out. Let, let's see if I can do a coin join without any help. I'm not giving you good odds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, what's it called? Uh, Hoddle didn't think I'd be able to do... Um, yeah, that's true. To get money off the open down. Yeah. Here we go. Are you, uh, do you have an uh, M1 chip or is that the old? No, it's the old one. Okay, okay. Hey, come good. on. I said, don't help me. <laughs> You're already thinking I can't do this. Fuck's sake. <laughs> All right. I'm going to absolutely nail this and order you can fuck off. Jeremy, do you think I can do this? I believe in you. Have you ever done a coin join? I haven't. Oh, so many virgins in this room. It's incredible, man. Well, he's, he's not a terrorist. <laughs> what are you, Freddie? Have you ever done a coin join? Not a terrorist. Mm. Danny, have you done a coin join? Yep. Terrorist. terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never done it with the new Wasabi wallet, though. Oh, you see? Yeah. Right. Oh, it got a lot more boring. <laughs> I also want to know why you and the samurai guys fight each other. Uh, because what would Bitcoin be without the kindergarten? There you go. You know, it's like a little bit rough and tumble Rug in the bath thing, right? <laughs> yeah, let's open this. All right. Okay. Welcome to Wasabi. Right. So just as a point of note, I don't read shit. So be straight. <laughs> no, you should read that first one. It's good. Yeah, but I don't read stuff. No, but you should read the first bit because it's not about how you do it. It's just a, it's a cool statement. Okay. So Toshi brought scarcity while Wasabi is bringing fungibility. Inflation's run rampant. Vigilant individuals are opting out. Bitcoin has rapidly become the world's reserve currency but it's fungibility a property of good money is still unsatisfactory yeah okay i'm just saying i'm i try to show people how i because i think this is what other people do they go yeah whatever cool yeah non-custodial yeah anonymous yeah okay i get it cool open source yeah cool right i can start using it uh right okay well i created a wallet before but i didn't put anything in so i'm gonna i'm gonna create a new wallet all right so these are my words right i gotta write this shit down haven't i 
Can I put that in? Ben's going to steal your money in the edit. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. So there's no point writing it down for the sake of this. because Well, there is because you're sending money to it. Even if you sweep it afterwards, still wipe it right down. Well, but you know, I mean, we have like 10 cameras pointing that's at true. us right now. That's so. very true. <laughs> Right, uh, six, uh, seven. I wouldn't read them out. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter because, like, we're gonna. If this works, I'm gonna then go and create a brand new wallet without fifteen cameras on me, and uh, do it properly. What have I done wrong here? Don't. Tell oh, the don't numbers tell are the different way. Oh, why are the numbers in that way around? That's not how lists work. You read left to right. I guess half the people would say the other way would be a mistake. Yeah, but they would be wrong. That's the way people read, left to right. <laughs> I'd probably choose the number next to the word. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't look at shit. But, okay. But that's I'm quite advanced. I'm going to use a type of password. Danny is <laughs> a twat. <laughs> that's a good password. It's good. I won't forget it. Yeah. Yeah. What is Danny? <laughs> is that something waiting to load? I'm asking you now. Okay, so that does, that's designed like something that's waiting to load. You know when you have like a web page uh, and you mm -hmm. wait for it to load, they put that in? What is that? That's your history table, right? And since it's so a So why don't you list, just say you have no history? That would probably Sorry, be Sorry, I'm nice. so critical of this stuff. No, 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 that's I'm not good. just a wanker. That's good. I, I like, like, this, I, yeah, I did do his job. Okay, <laughs> receive. I'm guessing, so, so this is my entire wallet, okay. This is okay. I'm going to receive. Let's send some shit there. Enter the names of the person comes to you. This address to what? Who's sending the money? I mean, I'm sending it. So, so if you write that, then when you're trying to use this Bitcoin in the future, you'll know that the you're the person that knows where this has come from. Yeah. So write it because if you, if I just you want to send it, in. but you should care because if you were taking this from an exchange, you could write Gemini, and then you know that Gem that money where that money's come from, and it's so you can track the history of the coins. But I'm going to coin join it anyway. Yeah. That, that, by the way, that's actually a really, really good point, right? In 1.0, those labels were mandatory, right? Because you actually needed them for, for a lot of reasons, because the coin join function wasn't so great. Now with 2.0, we actually have a much better coin join function, and so a lot of more coins will get mixed. And yeah, I actually have an open issue that we should remove the mandatory labels because it's no longer needed. If you yeah, I just join. I just don't want it. I don't want this label here because I'm like, enter the names of the person who comes. I'm not giving the address to anyone. I'm already confused. Hmm. I'm like, I'm just, it's, I just want to send, I just, like, my wallet experience would always be now, just show me an address. Mm -hmm. And I haven't got that. So anyway, let's say Peter, because it's from me. Yeah. Now I should get an address. I'm assuming. Okay, cool. So There you go. Copy that. Right, this is the bit, I kind of want to be a bit private, don't I? Can you turn the screen off? Because I'm going to open up my wallet. Yeah, yeah. So if you just, just turn the screen off, go to the settings. Voila. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you won't need to send too much across. How do I know what I should send across? If you do whatever you want. What's, what's, what's the, what's the minimum coin join amount? 5,000 cents. Do you have that much? I mean. It's a lot. Buy your grandkids a damn spaceship for that much. You've recorded me. I can't see your screen from here. No, but you can see me typing. <laughs> no more <laughs> Emma's hanging out at the door of the camera little fun fact if it's below a million sats you don't pay coordinator fees I don't know what coordinator fee or coordinator is no one's taught me yet it's interface. cheaper well actually no we did, we did tell you you just didn't read <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't like, so it's just a point like a, uh, a relevant point to this I do because it was my job previously I used to do UX design 
And like I always say to people, the most important yeah. book in the world you can read is Don't Make Me Think by Steve Krug. Because most people do not read instructions. Yeah. They just click and press. I exactly. get what you mean on that first part, but I would definitely have read where it's like, do you want to be quick, private? Okay, so another lesson is don't don't ever base anything on what I would do. Okay? <laughs> that's, that's the worst thing. Don't make me think. You have to do it for you've got you're trying to design interfaces to get the most people from A to B. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're only if you're only doing it for the fifty percent of people who read, you're losing the fifty percent of people who don't read. I exactly. would have assumed everyone would have read that. But they though. don't. No. I guarantee you. They just yeah. don't. Yeah. And one of the most interesting things you can do, there's um a um uh it's called usertesting.com. It's this website. And you basically if you've got a project that you're doing that you can request, say, 20 users, give them instruction. And what they'll do is they'll they'll video themselves using the website and talk through what they're thinking as they do it. And the amount of things that go wrong that people think that you're like, what yeah. the fuck? How did <laughs> it's you the think most that? hilarious, yeah. Yeah, and it's brilliant, but it's so useful. Mm-hmm. But you cannot base it on what you think. And you have to you have to assume the worst person. The worst person points, clicks, and doesn't think. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why when I use it, I don't I know I should read the instructions, but I point and click to try and make the point to people in Bitcoin. Like I'm not just a fucking moron. I'm trying to like help people understand that there are certain type of users out there. Yeah, um, definitely, man. With Wasabi 1.0, you know, I've I've watched so many users as as they were first time experiencing the wallet. Many of them not even Bitcoiners, you know. So that was the first Bitcoin exposure they ever had, and like a hundred percent of them did not know what to do, or or at least did not succeed in doing what the wallet was was enabling them to do. Because right? you need to understand what a UTXO is and what a coin is. And mm-hmm. that's like, what, 5% of all Bitcoiners know that? Less. <laughs> so it's like, you know, as you say, if you, if, you, if you insist in the UX on reading, then half of the users cannot read. And, well, if, if you insist in the UX on coins, for example, well, then all of a sudden the, the percentage of, of people who can actually use your wallet properly is And the commercial interest for you guys is you make money on every coin join. So you want to make it as easy as possible for every person to sign up and get there and use a coin join. Exactly. So you're commercially incentivized to make this work as best possible. And that's 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 why UX testing is so important. Yeah, you can put it up. So Max, do you want to Well, no, no, let me let me most people wouldn't have the pleasure of having Max Hellebrand in there. I was going to say with them. say what's been ha- what's happened so far. But I don't want him to tell me what's happened so far. Oh, okay. Cuz I want to go through my experience of like, oh, okay, wow, so I've got point and then, then you can correct me. I've got 0.01 BTC in my wallet. Okay. Right. How do I coin? Like This is in my head. I'm going, how do I coin join this now? Well, I'm waiting for coin join. What's that down the bottom? Voila, you're coin joining. Well, what's it coin joining? Your money. But I didn't ask it to coin join my money. Well, uh, by default, if you create a new wallet, we turn coin join on uh, automatically. Okay. Right? Because we want to provide a wallet experience that just works by default. And most users don't know what a coin join is or, or why it's even useful. And so we kind of take that decision for them. And how much am I paying you? Uh, in this case, I believe nothing to the coordinator specifically because you have less than a million sats. Okay. Or you have exactly a million sats. And uh, I, 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 it might be that you might, like that if it's exactly 0.01, you still pay, probably not. So you don't pay the coordinator, which is my company basically, uh-huh. but you do pay mining fees like any other Bitcoin transaction. Cheers, by the way. Cheers. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for thanks for um, coming. So and okay, so if say I I say I'd put one Bitcoin into this wallet, yeah. how, what would I have paid? Uh, so that's zero point three percent to the coordinator, which is in in one Bitcoin that's like uh, three hundred thousand sats. Do you not think you should ask me before you 
auto coin join and take some of my Bitcoin. Well, we did tell you, but you skipped it because you're too too lazy to read, right? Okay, because in this case, my key is not my Bitcoin. Um, no, your your key is your Bitcoin. It's just that you have a very smart robot, a, a block space accountant who is purchasing block space on your behalf. But I didn't choose to do that. You did download the wallet, and and you you did um, in in that sense choose a wallet that aims to be privacy by default. Of course, but at no point did I go through the process of agreeing to pay a fee to use. I didn't pay to download the wallet. I didn't pay a store fee. When I signed up, I didn't click a thing that said pay. By the way, don't get me wrong. I'm being an asshole here. Sure, for the, always. For, 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 princ- for, no, for principle, <laughs> because, because it, the principle of it is not so much that I disagree. I think auto coin join is great. The, fir- the last time I used Wasabi, I was like, I've got no fucking idea what's going on here. Exactly. I don't know what all this shit means. The fact that you basically auto do it is amazing putting my designer hat on what i think you could do is you know those screens that you take people through i think if that's designed like an onboarding where i have to make choices Uh so i literally have to make choice so would you like auto coin joining turned on i'm like huh yeah i do and then I've one agreed to the fee and i've also realized you're doing auto coin joining because at this moment now yeah, somebody knows a bit about coin joining. I've come in. Bear in mind, I'm not talking about my experience like I'm Matt O'Dell. I'm talking about my experience like I'm an absolute fucking moron because I want you to get as many morons using this as possible so more morons coin join and you make more money. <laughs> but I come into this and I've been told with Wasabi I can coin join. I don't know where I do it. I've got things saying coin joining might be uneconomical, receive more fun. I, I don't know what all this shit is. I just don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So... So there's there's multiple things going on here, right? For for one, the transaction that you sent is still unconfirmed. Right? And, How do I know that? Uh, because in that transaction history is a little uh, clock item, right, on the left, exactly. Yeah. And that means unconfirmed, right? Um, and uh, this this means uh, ending. Exactly. And so this means that you still have to actually wait uh, until you get that confirmation before you can start coin joining. Do you know what I would do? Mm-hmm. I would hear. After the number, put unconfirmed in writing. Oh. I would literally, mm-hmm. because then I, like, if I've got lots of transactions there, I know the one which yeah. is unconfirmed. We fixed that for you because if you have more than, if you have some confirmed transaction and some unconfirmed transaction, mm. there's kind of a line separator and the unconfirmed ones are on top. So you should see a difference. It's just that right now you only have one transaction. Right? But most of the time I might only have one coming in. Uh, no, just for the first one. Okay. Right? Because in the future, there's going to be a oh, okay. second line item here, right? Okay. Mm, okay, what would I, yeah, let's pick, I'm being picky, but okay, labels, Peter. Actually, now I see that, I understand the benefits of labels. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. super important. Metadata is crucially important because again, we have your very sophisticated robot doing decisions for you, but he needs to know information about you, you know, and especially that mm. critical metadata of who knows that these coins belong to you. Uh, I, I'll have that one in the future that says, Danny lost the bet. <laughs> <laughs> ben Ark. Lost the bet. Um, no okay, so that's cool. So why is it waiting to coin join? Yeah, because you still have unconfirmed uh, coins, right? Okay. That's 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 the biggest issue here, basically. So, um, but as you see, there's the the. Um, by the way, it's kind of jumping here between two states. I think yeah. that's a bug. <laughs> I always find your bugs. Yeah, perfect, right? But you see here, there's a play in the pause button, mm-hmm. basically. And, and uh, you could hit the pause button and now it stops coin joining, right? Okay. Um, and once you press play, it continues. 
Okay. You know? Um, do you know what I would do? Once you get to that screen, have you ever seen those overlays that are semi-transparent? It looks like it has a drawn arrow mm -hmm. and it says what that thing is. Yeah. And then you click through it. Mm -hmm. I would have one of those because what would be super cool is you can say, clock, this is because your, uh, uh, your uh, uh, transfer is unconfirmed. We're yeah. waiting for confirmation. Here is your label. Mm. All right. We're auto coin joining for you, but at the moment we're waiting. What are we waiting for, by the way? Confirmation. Okay, so as soon as it's confirmed, we will auto coin join. I just like those things because yeah. I design for the most basic idiot. But just earlier you said you don't like to read, right? And and we did have in, in those early dialogues, we had some of the information you're talking about, but you're saying to make it more interactive? Well, so the difference is one of those things on the initial screen, they look like sales pitches. They look mm. like the intro pamphlet. When you get a UX thing, which is the arrows, you're like, oh, you're telling me how this interface works. Yeah. And it's a different different like logic to the yeah. human of doing it. That's what I would do. But I would, on that intro screen, I would make people, if you want people to do things, you make them answer questions. Uh -huh. Because then they have to read it to know what question they're answering. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. do you want auto coin join? I mean, I think everyone should. But do you even know what a coin join is? I have a fucking do you, no I, idea. Do you I know assume what you get one solves, coin. You know? Yeah, well, I, I do. It solves fungibility, right? It allows me to terrorize. <laughs> but but I, I assume what it does, it gets a coin and it joins it to another coin, hence a coin join. Basically, you and a bunch of other users joining their coins. It's yeah, a big party. Let's do it. Let's talk it talk it through. But firstly, talk about why this is important. Like jokes aside. Yeah. So Bitcoin is a genius, genius system, right? Yeah. It, it allows merchants, entrepreneurs to define for themselves and to verify and to enforce the rules of their monetary game, basically. You know, USD and merchant define what coins are valid. And, and that's that's incredible. And this means that you can even verify for yourself what's the total money supply. You know, 21 million Bitcoin is a huge meme, of course. And 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 that's awesome. But the the this only works if every user verifies every transaction of every other user. And so you need to tell a lot of people about transactions that you're making. And well, financial transactions are sensitive and to a large extent need to know, you know, and um, this means we need to find a pretty cool way uh, or like we have to be a bit smart about how do we get, how do we make these public transactions in a way that it's not as easy to get sensitive personal information out of them. And so that's, that's kind of the why. We have this beautifully verifiable system, but now we have to use it in a private way without compromising on any of the verification features. Right? And that's where coin joins come in. So where does the technology who who came up with coin join was it greg maxwell uh, I, even in the white paper satoshi has like a, a half sentence or like a sentence that uh, each user like uh, all of the inputs in a transaction belong to one user basically and that's i guess i guess the the very root cause of, of coin join right he, he assumes that all the inputs belong to one users Right? And he does it in the white paper already, which is crazy. A couple of years later, that is known as the common input ownership heuristic. Right? And then in 2010-ish, I think there were a couple further um, kind of thoughts and, and research on how to make transactions where not all of the inputs belong to one user. Right? Wait, but I'm just going to do something here because we, we might have people listening and go, what, what the hell are you on about inputs? So uh, shall I have a go? Sure. God, this is a test. Right. <laughs> so uh, if you want to send someone some Bitcoin, say I want to send uh, over to um, Danny like half a Bitcoin in my 
wallet. Now I'm sending from, I have a load of UTXOs. So UTXOs represent different amounts. It's like money, right? It's like I could have a 0.2 Bitcoin. I could have a 0.13845 Bitcoin. And so to send Danny my half a Bitcoin, it creates, uh, it takes a number of those UTXOs and creates the outputs. Yep. The, the outputs, yeah. No, yeah. the inputs. Well, so they create the inputs to, it's kind of, of which I get an output. It's, it's kind of both, right? So yeah. this, you're saying the unspent transaction output yeah. gets referenced on the input. On the input, yeah. Exactly. And what it will do, it will take a number of them to make that total amount. And then if 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 I haven't gotten the exact amount, it will t take an additional one um, and it will overspend and it will send that back to me as change. Exactly. Right. There so you the, go. The, the, the Fucking hell. Ah, yeah, nice. you see? <laughs> the, so the inputs are the coins that are being spent and the, the outputs are the coins that are being received. So to say, yeah. right? Um, and uh, whenever you receive a coin on the output side, then you can spend it later on the input side of a new transaction, of the second transaction. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, and so the the idea of a coin join then, and Gregory Maxwell formalized that, I believe it was 2013 in a in a legendary Bitcoin talk uh, or Bitcoin forum post, uh, uh, where he explained a, a a way or the concept that multiple users can get together and collaboratively build a single Bitcoin transaction. Right? Where where there's hundreds of inputs, some of them belong to you, some belong to me, some belong to the others, right? Uh, and then there are a bunch of outputs, again belonging to kind of everyone. Uh, but the, the really cool thing is, right? Once we are kind of coordinating this new transaction, uh, as long as it's unsigned, there's no Bitcoin being moved, right? Because Bitcoin can only be moved if you have a valid transaction with a valid signature of all the inputs, right? So even if we have hundreds of inputs here from many different users, as long as even one of them does not sign. There's a signature missing on the input side, so it's, the transaction doesn't go through. So what actually happens? So how does that then? How do I still have a mixed, essentially a mixed Bitcoin, if you're not signing it and sending it? Well, then nothing changed, right? It's it's in that sense atomic, right? So you're you're trying to make a coin join, all right? You register your inputs, you register your outputs, but then you don't sign, right? Well, on the Bitcoin blockchain, this transaction is not there. Right? Because it's not signed, it's not broadcast, it's not the miner didn't put it in a block. Right. So for, for anyone looking at the Bitcoin blockchain, your coins never moved. All right, hold on a second. We've got to go back a step so I understand this. I know when I send Danny some Bitcoin, I sign the transaction, and that's now, that's now Danny's, right? Well, it has to be confirmed on the blockchain. Yeah, of course. That's yeah, the crucial thing. It has to be right? confirmed. Okay. When I hmm. So when I send mine to this wallet. It will be signed and confirmed on the blockchain for it to exist within my Wasabi wallet. Yes. Then you coin join. Mm -hmm. How do my UTXOs change? Well, some UTXOs get destroyed, right? Some coins are being spent yeah. on the input side. And then you get on the output side a bunch of new coins, outputs that you can spend in the future. After the coin join? Well, inside the coin join. You know, it's like a coin join is just a transaction, right? Bunch of inputs, bunch of outputs. So therefore, something does get signed. Well, uh, it, it, so you, you register all your inputs, right? Yeah. Th then you register all your outputs, and you wait until everyone else has done that as well. Yeah. And then it's the third phase, the signing phase. And here, all the participants of that coin join look at the final transaction with all the inputs and all the outputs. They check if everything is all right. Like you want to make sure that you still got 0.01 Bitcoin in this coin join, for example, and not that someone stealing money from you. Yeah. So you verify that. Once you're happy, you sign for your inputs this specific transaction, right? But this specific transaction, even when you signed it, it's still not valid because there are other coins, other inputs that don't have a signature yet, right? So even if you would broadcast this transaction out to the blockchain, 
the minors or other full notes would be like, no, there's like 10 inputs here. Only five of them are signed. The others are not signed. That's not a valid transaction. So it will never get onto the blockchain. Okay. But what I don't understand is how those UTXOs, what's happened here to change my UTXOs? Yeah. So um, do, do, you, do you understand where I'm getting lost? Here, yeah, yeah, I understand. Do you understand? Um, not technically, no. Because in my head, to coin join, my assumption was it was like a mixer. I put a bunch of UTXOs in, you put a bunch in, Danny does, it all gets mixed up, and then a transaction gets signed, and then I get back these new UTXOs, and nobody knows what happened. Yes, but with... But hold on, but that wouldn't work because the blockchain would follow it. Well, uh, there's a couple nuances here, right? So you, you said you, you put money into the mixer and yeah. later you get it out, right? So that's how custodial mixers work. You know, that's, yeah. you, you make a transaction to someone else's private keys, mm -hmm. you know, and that first transaction, the deposit transaction goes onto the blockchain. Right? That's you spend your input alone and you generate an output into the mixer, basically. And then later, a week later, you make a second transaction where you spend the coin from the mixer onto your own personal addresses, for example. Right? But here, someone else has full control over your money. Right? Be between that deposit transaction and the yeah. withdrawal transaction, the keys are with them and they can do whatever they want. Right? CoinJoin is fundamentally different. Right? In, in CoinJoin, the money doesn't move unless everyone agrees. It's kind of atomic. Right? If, if one person disagrees, if one person doesn't sign, nothing changes. But do, for, for, for the CoinJoin to work, do, do we need everyone to sign? Yes. Oh, you need everyone's in exactly everyone's cooperation. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. So I thought you were saying the coin join happens without everyone signing. Um, no, you you need to have for all of the inputs that are present, you need to have a valid signature. Yeah, you know? but when you were saying if we don't have a valid signature, I thought you were saying the coin join happens because. Oh no. Okay, then maybe I misspoke. The, yeah. Then it it cannot happen if okay, there's no so signature. Let me go back. Like I, I'm going to imagine those fucks at uh, chain analysis are following me, right? I've got a known wallet, okay, of my own. They know it. If I opened a Wasabi wallet and I center that from that wallet, is that a mistake? So say I've got my wallet here that I've been using for years. Chain analysis know exactly who I am because I've just not cared about my privacy. I open up a Wasabi wallet and I'm like, all right, I want to get my shit together. So I send some Bitcoin from that known wallet to a Wasabi wallet. Am I suddenly being followed to the wallet? And that Wasabi wallet, they know who I am. Well, chain analysis will presumably follow you just like they did in the past. Yeah. Right? So they will see that out of your coin cluster, you made a payment that went to a, a new address. Yeah. At, at that point, they don't know who owns that address or, or what is this, right? This might be a payment that you make so, to someone so, else. But this one's a potential Pete or a payment. Um, no, like this transaction from your ledger to your Wasabi, for example, yeah. like after you make that first transaction, they still don't really know what happened here. Right? But I'm trying to think in all the scenarios they're trying to track people down, mm -hmm. they might go every transaction I send, like for example, do they know it's a Wasabi wallet? Uh, not after the first transaction, like at, at your state where, where we're right now, they, yeah. I don't think they know that this is a Wasabi address now. Okay. Right. But at the later point, right, as soon as you coin join, you're spending the coin that you received from Ledger into Wasabi mm -hmm. right? uh, in a coin join with hundreds of other inputs. So if I was there, I would go, right, every time he hops to a new address and then coin joins, that's a potential peak going to coin join. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So should I hop before coin joining? I guess you could. Uh, it's, of course, expensive because you have to make another transaction that costs you time and money, obviously, uh, and others have to verify it. And arguably, it doesn't help you much. 
like, I mean, arguably, it's not a problem at all. Um, uh, like, I personally never had any issues with And I guess joining. it's like, once I'm in the Wasabi and I've coin joined, who gives a fuck because they don't know where it's going after? Exactly, but they do know that you or someone whom you paid is interested in Wasabi. This show is brought to you by Wasabi, who I will be now using to make sure my Bitcoin is private and I'm very excited about using their software. With the release of Wasabi 2.0, Bitcoin privacy is now effortless as the wallet has introduced privacy by default. Now, rather than having to choose to coin join, this can all be done automatically. So you just need to receive your Bitcoin, wait for the coin join, and then you can spend freely. All the magic happens automatically in the background, which is a massive UX improvement. You also get additional privacy through Tor integration into Wasabi 2.0, so you don't leak your IP address, and there are no more minimum denominations, so you can coin join any amount and there's no more change. So any amount you receive from a coin join is private. Privacy is something I've been taking more seriously recently. And with Wasabi 2.0, this has made it so much easier. So definitely go and check it out. If you want to find out more, please head over to wasabiwallet.io, which is W-A-S-A-B-I-W-A-L-L-E-T dot I-O. Next up, it's Gemini, who I am using exclusively for buying and selling Bitcoin, but I'm only ever buying. Come on, we're hodlers. We're not sellers. I'm also using the Gemini app for buying the dips, and I've been buying a lot of those recently. And I've also set up my DCA with twice monthly buys of Bitcoin. Both the app and the website make buying and selling Bitcoin super easy, and Gemini has invested in building industry-leading security since day one. Gemini are now also running a special offer for listeners of what Bitcoin did. All you need to do is head over to gemini.com forward slash WBD, and new customers will get $20 in Bitcoin when they trade $100 or more on Gemini. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to gemini.com forward slash WBD, which is G-E-M-I-N-I.com forward slash WBD. Next up is my new sponsors, the Texas Blockchain Council. Now, on November the 17th and 18th, the Texas Blockchain Council are putting on the Texas Blockchain Summit in Bitcoin country, Austin, Texas. Now, you know how much I love out there. I'm going to be attending. The event is two days of thought leadership for Bitcoin. Day one is all that any Texas Bitcoin miner could ask for. Top Bitcoin CEOs and their teams will be hanging out in Austin. And day two has top policy leaders from the US, both federal and state legislators, senators, House of Representatives, CFTC commissioners. What more could you ask for? Yes, I'm not just promoting this. I'll be attending the event in Austin, hanging out with my Texas Bitcoin buddies, and interviewing someone very important on stage. So make sure you book your ticket, come to the event, let's hang out. To find out more, head over to texasblockchainsummit.org and use the discount code PETERMC20 for a 20% discount at checkout and let them know that I sent you. This offer is valid until the end of October. Also, we have BCB Group. BCB Group provide online business banking services for companies in the Bitcoin industry. And yes, I am a customer of BCB too. They heard about my difficulty with finding a payment services provider that understands Bitcoin and reached out to me. Now, BCB's clients include major exchanges, market makers, funds, and miners active in the UK and Europe, but they are expanding globally. They have an amazing network called Blink, which facilitates instant free payments between BCB clients and all supported currencies. Now listen, I know some of you have had some trouble with this like me. And if you are looking for a banking provider who understands and supports Bitcoin companies rather than creating hurdles, then like me, you want to become a BCB customer. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter, which is bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter. So I've got my Wasabi wallet here, my address. Once I've coin joined, 
is that sat in a separate wallet within my Wasabi wallet? No, it sends in this, into the same wallet multiple new coins. Okay, but somebody, how can somebody track in that? Won't they just know? Well, that's the beautiful thing, right? If, so if you are all alone in your transaction, yeah. let's say you have one input and two outputs, you know, then it's pretty easy to see, okay, someone just made a payment. You know, one of those outputs went to the merchant, the other is to change, right? That's pretty easy to figure out. However, now imagine you have a transaction with like 300 inputs and 300 outputs. Right? And, and you don't know how many people are making this transaction. You know, you don't know if they're making payments. Uh, like you don't know if, if one user just has one coin registered or if that user has 10 coins registered on the input side. And right? you don't know. Uh, and uh, that makes it just a, a lot more complex uh, mm. to, to figure out. And then from that, from that new coin join address where I've done all my coin joining, if I went to a website and wanted to buy some stuff with Bitcoin and it was a place where I was like, had to put my address in, I'm a dumbass because I've suddenly exposed myself that that entire thing's me, right? Potentially. Well, y yes, of course. But what you did not expose is where did you get that money and how much money did you receive in the past? You know, because maybe you're Satoshi and you have your, you know, your Genesis block coins uh, still around and you don't want that website to know that Peter McCormack is actually Satoshi. Right? And then if you would do a coin join with those early coins, uh, then you get uh, new coins back, basically, and those are no longer as easily tied to Every, the Genesis. So, so the new coins all, because you can trace coins, the journey they go on, right? Well, you, you kind of, uh, but uh, so I'm saying kind of, because in many cases, you're absolutely right, especially if there's like one user doing the transaction, yeah. then it's pretty obvious. But as long as soon as we have like hundreds of inputs and outputs, it becomes super, super difficult to do it. Yes, in some cases you can, but definitely not in all. Is it not like a Sudoku puzzle? Yeah, it is. So, kind of. uh, so when you're doing a coin join, you're waiting to coin join. Are you always waiting for a certain number of people? Um, y yes. And we're basically waiting for at least right now, as we've configured it, at least 150 inputs being registered. Okay. Right? Uh, and I think a maximum of something like 400. Uh, is where we're targeting it. Um, but, and usually that's going to happen maybe once every 30 minutes. Okay. Sometimes once every 10 decent. minutes. It, uh, it depends on the number of users online at this very moment, you know. And what are those fucks that uh, chain analysis trying to do? Like, what, what, how are they trying to, like, you know, break down what you're doing? It must be up to something. Like, are they throwing transactions in? Are they. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't think that there was any public statements that they do. I'm not sure if they would tell us if they. They do. wouldn't tell. Us. <laughs> and they valued at like nine billion now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. They. They. So right. The the idea of a coin join is that you get together with a bunch of other users. Mm -hmm. That when there are a bunch of other users, it's very difficult to follow input to output. Um, but then that means that if if one entity kind of fakes to be 99 different users, and 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 you're the hundredth user, they're spending a lot of money to do that. That's exactly it, right? You you can do that. But it's really, really expensive to do that, you know, especially when, when there's a large liquidity at, at that coordinator. I'm assuming they have, they've, they've probably got some like probabilistic tools they're using to try and map activity, but it gets difficult. It, it does get difficult. And I'm, I'm thinking for Wasabi 1.0, they could get a lot of interesting like data to fingerprint, you know, because for example, in Wasabi 1.0, there was still this change output where uh, one, one of those outputs was very easily linked to some of the inputs. Right. And, and, and basically anyone could do that. 
Um, and stuff like this, they probably made easy to see in, in, in their tools, right? But with Wasabi 2.0, we fundamentally changed that, right? So now there's no more change output on the output side, you know, but, but all of the outputs that you get should be private and very difficult to link to your inputs, right? So we, we, we made it a lot more difficult for chain analysis and, and others to, uh, to try to follow this. And Good. I don't think they have anything as of now. I would be very surprised. Uh, just because it's, you know, cat and mouse game and we yeah, just yeah. made the first move, you know. Um, but we'll see how it goes. You know, with, with all of these privacy things, it's if you have an adversary that is super rich and has a lot of time and is very dedicated to get you, he can probably get you, you know. And it's uh, it's then also a question about for what, time, for, for what time window do you want to stay private? Because it's unreasonable to assume that you can stay private for like the next thousand years, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but maybe for probably the next, won't live for the next thousand years. Exactly. As well. Right. But for the next couple months, yeah, we can probably deter an, an adversary to not find you in, in in that short time. You know. But when once you have coin joined, are there certain kinds of trans transactions you should avoid doing? Like, is there certain things you can do after you've coin joined that re mm -hmm. re expose who you are? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yes, there is. And one important one is, you know, you so you, you get a couple of those mixed high anonymity set outputs. And then if you spend them together with an unmixed output, right, let's say one that you got from your mom or something, then an outside observer sees all of these coin joint outputs uh, being spent and then one non coin join output being spent. Uh, and this this then, for example, your your mom will know that all of these coin join outputs that you're consolidating here belong to you as well, right? Because she knows that this this new coin that she sent you is yours, and now you're spending her, the coin that she sent to you together with a bunch of private coins. How would you do that though? If you're auto coin joining, mm -hmm. that you should that should never happen, right? Exactly. So if you auto, so basically that's another reason to auto coin join because if you switch it on and off, you can end up making that mistake of mixing together. Um, I, kind of yes and no. Like we, we can, uh, uh, so it, it's all right to pause the coin join mechanism for sure. Um, it's it's just a question of are you making outgoing payments at that time? When you, know? you in the new Wasabi, when you send a um, payment, do you still select the UTXOs, and do they still tell you the anonymity set? Uh, not by default. No, like by default, the wallet checks. So what's your payment amount? How much do you want to send? You know, and then do you have enough private coins in your wallet right. to make that payment? Mm -hmm. If yes, we just make the payment. We don't tell you about it because you don't care. You know, yeah. everything's all right. Um, but if your payment amount is larger than the private wallet balance that you have, mm -hmm. uh, then, then yes, we, we show you, well, we, we no longer show you the exact coins that, you're, that you could spend or how much they're worth and what's the anonymity set of them. But we, because that, again, requires so much understanding of Bitcoin. You mm -hmm. know? So we've simplified this a lot uh, by just showing you a, a list of all those labels. You know, like like the label Peter, you know, like the, let's say Peter, Danny and mom, for example, you know, uh, and now instead of seeing a list of coins, you see a list of of those labels. Right. right? And the question is, which of these people are you comfortable with, with telling about this new transaction, basically? Mm -hmm. And then you can choose, OK, I'm I'm happy to use the, the coin that Danny sent me. You know, that's that's all right. Uh, I'm definitely going to be a Wasabi user now. That's lovely. Uh, that's that's super cool and super easy what you've done i still think there's things like like i just think for you guys you can do but like i will have to create a new address and sweep that one <laughs> after this as we uh as part of we well, as part of us doing it i'm wondering okay so for this where it might not work so i have a cold storage multi-sig wallet yeah should i coin join before i send to that 
Um, I would say so, yeah, because uh, so let's say one of the sponsors pays you, you know, like, do you want to tell those sponsors how long you're holding on to that money? You know, would you be comfortable that they know that in 20 years, hey, he's still holding on to that. He never <laughs> spent it. If I'm still alive in 20 yeah. years, I won't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they might learn a lot of information by how long is he not, is he not spending it or how yeah, long yeah. is he holding it? And then to which address is he spending it, right? And uh, so for, for this, it's basically as soon as you receive money, do a coin join. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the person who paid you has no idea how long you're holding on to it. Okay, but once I've done that coin join, what, do, do I lose some of my privacy by being in a multisig? Um, yes, be, uh, because the current Bitcoin multisig is exposed on the blockchain itself, right? You okay. have three public keys and two signatures, for example, on the actual blockchain. And then people know that at least you're not a single sig user. You know, and well, you said on the podcast you use multi-sig. So if I see a multi-sig coin on the blockchain, it, it might be yours. You Probably know? makes me more safe because it's like it's more of a pain to rob me. <laughs> well, well, definitely, right? So the, the safety is absolutely improved, but the privacy is, is worse because there's a smaller crowd to hide in. The number of single public key uh, coins is way larger than the yeah, number yeah. of multi-sig coins, right? So your, your crowd, your anonymity set is much larger. Um, um, and, but that, get, that can get fixed with Taproot. Right? Taproot makes multi-signatures look like single signatures. And all of a sudden, you, you can send into a multi-sig and nobody will know about it at all. How is the... If you guys use Taproot at all, because we hear a lot about how oh, Taproot is amazing, it's going to bring all this yeah. stuff, and then we don't... I don't know like if people are using it yet. Yeah, um, I, you know, I opened an issue like three years ago with, hey, let's do Taproot. Um, so far, it got bigly ignored <laughs> because, you know, there was other more important things to do. Like for us, fixing the UX, fixing the CoinJoin protocol and making it the default was by far number one priority. Anything else comes way as a second. You know? I think auto CoinJoin is an absolute game changer. It, I it is. I think you uh, I think you knew that was going to yeah. be a good thing for me because <laughs> uh, <laughs> last time. Uh, I think that's an absolute game changer. Yeah, like, you know, the, the funny thing is, like w once we did that, that show with you and, and you, you walked through Wasabi 1.0 and it was just absolutely horrible and embarrassing, yeah. you know, we had our internal code name for this was, was the Peter McCormack this. edition. <laughs> yeah. you know, because if we can build a wallet that is, that is private, even when a, a moron like Peter is using it, <laughs> you know, then... <laughs> hey, come on, man. Then, then we're really succeeding. No, you know? no, do it. No, I've heard of other people's like the, the McCormack test. Is it McCormack proof? <laughs> no, like I am more intelligent than I make out, but sometimes I just try and show to people to make it easy. I want you to have more people to use it. Um, yeah. So this is a desktop wallet. Yes. Is that considered a hot wallet? Yes. So would you, would it be smart to go in CoinJoin and send it to another one? Yes. So if I had a, a ledger and I had two wallets on that, and that was old wallet and new wallet, and mm -hmm. my old wallet I sent to CoinJoin and sent it to my new wallet, all under the same XPub, mm -hmm. have I completely wasted my money? Um, you're using Ledger Live app, right? Yes. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that they do not send your XPub. Right? They don't send your XPub. No, they, they send a, a collection of addresses. Yeah. They, let's no, they say do. 100 yeah. of them, yeah. right? And uh, for, for each account, so to say, they send that separately. I, I think, not 100% not sure, right? So it, it would not be trivial. However, for example, if you don't use a VPN or you don't use Tor, they know that the same IP address has sent these two different batches of addresses. So probably it's the same guy. You know? huh. So I'm the kind of person who would just get two different devices just, mm -hmm. yeah. just for peace of mind. Yeah. I'd have my old device, my new device, yeah. and I would send to the CoinJoin, CoinJoin yeah. it, send it to 
the, the new terrorist device. device. Exactly. The terrorist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or you just connect your ledger to, to Wasabi. You can do that, right? Wasabi supports basically all hardware wallets. The cool thing is Wasabi never sends any XPUP or address to anyone else. Yeah, but and we isn't use there an IP default. address? No, we use Tor by default for everything. Your IP huh. address is never revealed. So how do I connect it in here? Uh, you just plug it in. Yeah. Uh, at, the, at the bottom left, you see add wallet. Right? And uh, uh, then... Connect a hardware wallet. Exactly. By the way, so, I think your screen's not updating. Oh. Is that connect hardware wallet to send in? Uh, no, that's, that's to get your XPUB from the hardware wallet into the Wasabi client. So then Wasabi can generate all the addresses of your hardware wallet. And then Wasabi checks the blockchain for coins on your hardware wallet. And, and then it displays them here to you. Now, what I'm saying is, am I connecting my wallet to send to CoinJoin or to send to receive? Uh, you, you connect your wallet to receive and send both. It's it's like Ledger Life, basically. Yeah, but you know? what I'm trying to say to you is, if, if I want to send from one wallet to my yeah. onto my new one, yeah. I'm not going to connect them both. You would have to at at one point connect both of them, yes, because you need both of the XPUBs basically at the same time. Right? No, not at the same yeah, that's time. The it doesn't have to be at the same time. So I connect no. the old one. Uh huh. Send them into CoinJoin. Yeah. Connect my new one. Yeah. Receive them back. Exactly. Yeah. Fine. You know, and like there's there's lots of ways that we can make this better. Uh, for example, one would be to, you know, so your, your ledger, your new ledger has, has an address. So, so what we can do is, uh, we can, we, we're not doing it yet, but what would be cool, is we can just take an address from your new hardware wallet and put it directly on the output side of a coin join. Right? So just when you make a coin join, automatically some money gets sent to your hardware wallet. And you okay. don't have to do a separate single user transaction later. And so that's, that's one important thing. And we're even working on coin joining on a hardware wallet directly. Right? So you have coins on your hardware wallet. And you can just plug it into your computer and coin join, and the and the coin join transaction itself is signed on the actual hardware wallet. Okay. And so th this way, you don't have to send back and forth at all anymore. You know, it's just, it's just really difficult to build all this stuff, so it's going to take some time. So um, I can imagine there are certain people around the world looking at you as a company. Like I see you as freedom fighters. Yeah. But I can imagine there's some people around the world like, who the fuck are these guys, and why are they helping? Yeah. Terrorists and drug dealers. Whereas you're really not. You're helping the common man. Exactly. You know, protect himself about the massive encroachment of the state into everything we do. Which, by the way, is getting obscene and ridiculous. Hmm. Who was it we had the other... We had our meetup the other day. And uh, the guy running the meetup, he went to the bank, NatWest Bank. He put it up on Twitter. And they're basically saying, if you want to spend certain amounts of money, hmm. what was it, like up to £2,000, we might not let you have that money. Withdrawal cash. Yeah. Me, right? yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. I had it. I have it now. Almost every invoice I get paid from my business, I'm having to send proof of contracts. And mm. it's like getting ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's super inefficient. Like, and, and, and it's such a massive waste, uh, the, the surveillance system. And just it, it, it decreases the, the human potential and the human flourishing. It's like, it's, it's really serious. So we need to do something about it. Like, there's reasons why all of these existing financial regulations are there. Because the existing financial system is fully based on credit and debt. Right? And if someone borrow, like if you borrow someone else money, you want to know who that person is, obviously. Right? Because you want to get it back in the future, their money. Are right? you, but do you get letters from agencies or government agencies or people that are like saying, hey, we're not so sure about what you're doing over there, brother? Yeah, sure. Sure. But um, then, well, uh, I mean... The, 
what's the what's the answer to that right and and, and go for, fuck yourself that's what you do <laughs> tell them to go fuck themselves well partially i guess yeah, yeah. um but you know one of the cool things is we, we designed our service in a way that the user reveals the absolute minimum amount of information to us we don't know your ip address we don't know your name we don't know which coins you have we don't uh -huh. know your xpub and we know very little about you so you're not money transmitters well no no we're, we're a chat room we're a communications provider Right? Users come to us to, to send messages back and forth. Right? And, and we manage the access right into this chat room, basically. And you can only get into our chat room if you provide an input onto the CoinJoin. Right? The chat room. It, it's literally a chat room, really. <laughs> We're sending messages back and forth. Yeah, I mean, There's I like no, it. Yeah. There, we don't touch your money. We, we don't tell you what to do with your money. We're, we're a chat room. I mean, I think what you're doing is amazing. I think it's very cool and you've made it a lot easier. You've done that thing where you've now bridged the gap for usability for yeah. morons like me to use it. And that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. You know, that, and that's the other thing. Like, if, if you're a criminal, you're, you're probably under a lot of risk and you probably have a lot of money because I guess you just stole it, you know. So uh, you have a very high incentive to, to protect your privacy and you're willing to spend a lot of money on that, right? A lot of money, a lot of time. Um, but the average Joe doesn't. You know, if you're just the average Joe, why, why would you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to protect your privacy? It doesn't make sense, right? Um, but still, you want to have the privacy very much. You just don't want to have it that expensive, you know? Criminals don't care if it's expensive and complicated. Honest people do. Yeah. And, and that's the vision of Wasabi 2.0, right? Like, I don't want criminals using the software, obviously. I mean, I can't do anything to prevent them to a large extent. Uh, but, but the like, I, I want real people, honest people to use this. Uh, and... And, and those that don't even have that much, uh, like that much available capital, basically, to protect themselves. It should be easy. It should be for everyone, you know. And, and that's the vision of Wasabi 2.0. Like I, I'm thinking that the the percentage of, of actual criminals that are now using Wasabi 2.0 is going to plummet like crazy, you know, because the average Joe he's he's going to use Wasabi too, you know, because why not? It's easy and it's cheap and it just works, you know. So. That means much more honest users are going to join us. And, well, I guess criminals probably are going to decrease as well. You know, I don't know. Uh, but in any case, the percentage is going to be just mostly good people, you know. This show is brought to you by the Pacific Bitcoin Conference, hosted by Swan Bitcoin on November the 10th and 11th this year in sunny Los Angeles. Now, I've known Corey, Yan, and Brady for years, and they've been pulling out all the stops to make the Pacific Bitcoin Conference a celebration of the Bitcoin community. I'm going to be emceeing the conference alongside my friends Natalie Brunel and Stefan Navera, and there's going to be an incredible lineup of speakers, including Lynn Alden, Alex Gladstein, and Preston Pish. Now, Pacific Bitcoin is going to be the right mix of education and good fun with unique experiences. They've got a surfing simulator and loaded with other events and parties, before and after the event. They're bringing the brightest minds in Bitcoin to discuss a range of topics from macro to nation estate adoption, mining and lightning. And you're not going to want to miss this inaugural Pacific Bitcoin conference. I know it's going to be a special event. Now, Swan are offering a massive 20% discount to listeners of the show. Just go to pacificbitcoin.com and use the code PETER at checkout. That is P-A-C-I-F-I-C-B-I-T-C-O-I-N.com and use the code PETER. Next up, it is Ledger. Now, recent events have highlighted just how important self-custody is. And Ledger is the smartest and easiest way for you as a Bitcoiner to take control of your Bitcoin and the world's most popular hardware wallet just got better. Ledger have recently announced the launch of the new Nano S+. 
The larger screen makes it easier to manage and verify your Bitcoin transactions. And the Nano S Plus maintains the same high level of security as all other Ledger products. Now, I have been a Ledger customer since 2017, and I absolutely love the S Plus. Now, if you want to find out more, if you want to check this out, if you want to purchase a hardware wallet from Ledger, then please head over to shop.ledger.com, which is S-H-O-P dot dot com. Next up, it is Big Casino. So they are now running a very cool competition where you can join me at the North London Derby, Arsenal v Tottenham, hopefully to see Arsenal absolutely spank Tottenham. Now they have created a Bitcoin box at the Emirates Stadium and they're going to be giving away two tickets to the match. It's on October the 1st and to find out how to enter, just check out their pinned tweet at twitter.com forward slash bitcasinoio. That is twitter.com forward slash B-I-T-C-A-S-I-N-O-I-O. Also, please remember to gamble responsibly. Also today we have Ledin. Now from savings accounts to personal loans and even mortgages, Ledin's financial services enable Bitcoiners to experience the benefits of holding today without selling their Bitcoin. With the recent events in the lending market, Ledin demonstrated that their robust risk management strategy was the right approach. They don't actively trade or invest in DeFi yield generation and have experienced zero losses as a result of their strategy. Ledin only supports Bitcoin and USDC, two of the highest quality and most liquid assets in the industry. They are also dedicated to transparency and are the first digital asset lending company to complete a proof of reserves attestation, which they re-verify every six months. With multilingual support on standby 24-7, Ledin is there to support all your needs. And not only Ledin are a sponsor, I am also a customer of theirs now. I am using their services. So if you want to find out more, please head over to ledin.io, which is L-E-D. N dot io. How much does um, all the stuff that's happened with Tornado Cash over the last week so worry you? Yeah, it worries me a lot. It's 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 crazy, you know. Like the there is a, a bunch of incumbent regulation on on money service providers and and banks, you know. And, and these rules were designed for for the old system, mm-hmm. um, and now we have this complete new system, and the the rules don't don't apply anymore. And and if if they like if you would consistently apply those rules, you you would be breaking oh every single human right that there is, you know. Like, but but governments don't care about breaking human rights. Unfortunately, yeah, that's their definition. So <laughs> so for me, the risk factor here is you guys as individuals and the code base. Mm-hmm. Is there anything they can do? Like, can the code base base be out there and decentralized and no one can touch it? So two and a half years ago, when we started the Wasabi Research Club, we asked exactly that question, right? Do we need to have a central coordinator, a central provider of the service? Or wouldn't it be better if it's decentralized? But like you know? Bitcoin Core. Exactly, exactly. Well, the thing is, if, you, if you're doing decentralized stuff, it's bloody difficult. Like, there's a reason why it took us 40 years to discover Bitcoin, you know, after the first eCash system that we had. Because it's difficult to do things decentralized. And we figured out the same thing. Like, if there are decentralized coin joint protocols... They're super slow, they're super complex, they're super expensive, and they just don't work as well, you know? So, uh, unfortunately, the, the, the CoinJoin model works really well if you have just a central chat room, you know? It's, it's much simpler. What is the risk there, though? Like, who, where is it? Like, you might, tell me if you can't answer this, but like, is it, is it an obvious place it's hosted? And can the hosting provider be targeted and say, you shouldn't host that software anymore? Sure, right. The the person who runs the computer can can pluck like pull out the cable. Uh yes, that can. But can happen. you obfuscate that by hosting it via a Tor like 
on the Tor network? We do host our server behind a, a, a Tor and on the inside, but also on ClearNet. Like we're not trying to hide uh, okay. at all. Like that, I, I don't think that would work in the long run either. Um, uh, so no, we're we're like we're pretty public because like what we're doing is legal, absolutely. Yeah. And we've heard that from from numerous law agencies, numerous lawyers. Numerous FinCEN equivalents in different jurisdictions. Hmm. We're not a money service provider. We don't touch your money. We're we're a chat service. Yeah, I know that, and like, and, and I understand all of that. What I'm saying is, is that I know what the state hmm. will think you enable. Yeah. Uh, like, we used to have that guy who sponsored the podcast, that Wallet Drop Bit, mm -hmm. and it turns out years ago he was running a mixer. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, he got arrested. I can't remember. Even, I don't even know the state of his thing. But yeah, yeah, he's facing he's facing a long time. Yeah, a long time in prison. Definitely. And do you know what he was doing? He was allowing people to hide the like their transactions because they wanted to buy things on mm -hmm. on uh, on um, dark markets and protect themselves, which is absolute right. People should have. They should have that privacy. Yeah. I got into Bitcoin buying something on a dark market for my mother to treat her cancer. I would love that hidden. Like yeah. absolutely, people deserve that right. But he's accused of running a mixer. Mm -hmm. He's now f potentially facing yeah. like more than a decade in jail. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Tornado Cash CEO has gone through the same thing. It was reported today that he's been arrested. He's been arrested. Mm -hmm. Yes, what's the allegedly. Allegedly. What's the difference between you and them? The, the difference between the first example is that the first example is custodial. Yeah. Right? It was that custodial mixer. You sent money to someone else. And that's a bank. That's a money warehouse. And even though the regulations that we currently have are, are old and, and antique, they still apply. In that okay. case, and there's a reason why they apply, right? but because the guy can run away with your money, right? obviously. Well, we can't do that, right? We're a non-custodial thing. Okay, but that's not why they were pissed at him. Well, exactly, that's true. But but that's that's where there's an, an incredibly important legal and, and, and ethical difference here, right? It's 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 very crucial to state that there is a difference between a bank and a chat service, right? There's a, a, a huge difference, you know, and. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, uh, Tornado Cash is one example. That's a somewhat decentralized protocol, you know, where the server is even run on, on the Ethereum blockchain, right? So this is an, an, a smart contract, so to say, you know, and and that got sanctioned, and the developer of that is is now uh, apparently arrested. So what stops you getting sanctioned and arrested? It's a really good question. Um, I'm 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 hoping it is a a, a accurate uh, enforcement of the law. Because I, I, um, that's one thing. And then the other thing is that, um, well, I'm not sure if, if that changed anything, but uh, we, we now do start uh, to, to blacklist certain coins from entering our service or okay. from, from using our service more accurately. What, like uh, FATA ones? Is it FATA? FTA, yeah. And, uh, well, uh, it's it, sanctioned it, addresses. Sanctioned, and in more general terms, like criminals, you know, stealers, uh, uh, murderers, violation of private property rights. How do you recognize which are the sanctioned or the addresses that you blacklist? We work with a surveillance firm, basically a private investigator, uh, one of those chain analysis uh, clones. <laughs> Who I call them fucks. <laughs> <laughs> likewise, uh, likewise. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, that's fine. Has there been any negative reaction to that? Like, I'm not opposed to that. I don't mm -hmm. like if you're stopping criminals, use it so you can provide a service to people on criminals. I think that's great. But I also know how pure and ideological some yeah. Bitcoiners are. In their in their view, have some people have been like, you shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely. Thought, thought the backlash so. was huge, yeah. huge and understandable, right? But and I, I think one of the reasons for it is is that you know Bitcoin is 
a, a decentralized monetary protocol. And here, having censorship resistance is just absolutely integral. You know, if, if you don't have that, the, the money system breaks down. That's censorship resistance addressed to address your service. Exactly. That's the huge difference. You're a right? private service. That's like saying uh, a pub should be censorship resistant and anyone can walk in that place and have a beer. Exactly. My fucking pub, you can't Exactly. Come in. That's it's why there are dress codes in exact, restaurants. Yeah, it's the dress exact codes in restaurants. Thing. No Tottenham fans in my football club. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right? So, so th th that's my argument. Like, we as the entrepreneur have absolutely the ethical right to choose our customers. And, and to, I would even argue a, a somewhat moral responsibility to, to actively not choose criminals as our customers because I don't want to make their life easier. But one man's criminal. One man's yeah, yeah. The definition of, of, of who's criminal and stuff is, is just super difficult. And I think, well, the free market to some extent solves that, you know, because if, if let's say we would be blacklisting, you know, all the peaceful protesters, all the Canadian truckers and all of these, well, then hopefully customers would get annoyed and uh, they, they would call us out publicly and yeah. stop using the service and we make less money and we go bankrupt. I hope that will be the case of, of happening, you know? So I, I believe that also the, the, the merchant has a somewhat moral duty to, to not work with criminals. And, and then the, the customers have somewhat of a moral duty to, to call out their entrepreneurs when they're making immoral mistakes. And arguably, you know, harassing peaceful individuals is, is not all right. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I just hope that we can experiment with these incredibly difficult questions with, without relying on, on central authority and, and, and compelled rules. Uh, I, I think this is way too early to, to make these, these clear cases now because we just don't know what's going on. You know, but this is such a cutting edge revolutionary technology in principle that we need to stay flexible, I think, at this moment. And, and we need to have that free market feedback mechanism of where should we go, you know, like... Um, it's 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 tough. It's it's really difficult. Yeah. The one thing, like I, I desperately hope not, but I, I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I imagine most services like this might be blacklisted at some point in the future. Do you think there's a way? There's a future where that doesn't happen. You mean that users of Wasabi are blacklisted when they deposit money into a bank, for example, or that the coordinators? Well, I guess that's kind of already happening, isn't it? Uh -huh. The first yeah. one. But I think maybe using the service. Talk was, me through that. What's that happening? So, so basically, that was uh, um, you know uh, some users used Wasabi and then sent the money to, for example, BlockFi uh, to deposit their money and lend it out at their at their service. Uh, BlockFi did some surveillance uh, and looking where does that money come from, and they see that it's coming from a Wasabi coin join. So they're saying, hey, that's way too risky for us. Even though we know who you are and everything, uh, we're just going to shut down your account, basically. Uh, and hopefully they send you the money back. Um, and that happened numerous times. That was one of the many reasons why we decided uh, to, to start curating our, our customer base um, uh, to hopefully reduce this. You know, if, if there's no illegal coins on the input side of a coin join, then it doesn't really make sense to, to blacklist all of the user of that coin join. Uh, so, so it was because there was some on the input side? Arguably. Arguably. Yeah. But then it gets into the tricky question of like, once you've coin joined, how many hops is it until you're not that person? Yeah, yeah. And that, by the way, that, that depends on the, the, the end customer. It does not depend on the chain surveillance software itself. Mm -hmm. They just tell you, hey, this address was an incident. And the address that you're looking at now is four hops away from that incident, for example. And then it's up, up to you if you say, okay, that's all right or that's not all right. 
Mm-hmm. And so this BlockFi, for example, could have could have made a different decision here. They they were they were not forced by the chain surveillance company. Oh, interesting. In that, in that extent. Yeah, I mean something like that. Uh, I th- I think they're kind of like they're trying to take the cleanest approach possible, least risky approach possible. Yeah. At a time being under pressure from the SEC, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. And they're absolutely. not a sponsor anymore, so I don't even have to uh, yeah. defend them for the sake of defending them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and but here again, you know, this is like this is a very new and, and cutting edge phenomenon, like all of this. So I don't blame BlockFi for being uncertain and for erring on the side of caution. I think that absolutely makes sense. I just hope that they get sufficient enough feedback from their customers to then consider changing changing their position. No, because if you start black, let's say Wasabi 2.0 is successful, all, all peaceful people start using it. And all of a sudden, if, if you as a business would, would start blacklisting blanket statement, all Wasabi users, you're going to lose 80% of your customers. Yeah. You know, are you still going to do it? Maybe, well, maybe not. Um, so I'm, I, I, yeah, that, that's why I'm thinking we, we just need more time to experiment with this. You know, this is just way too early. Um, and we'll see how it goes in the future. Mm. And how that back and forth goes. But, uh, and again, here, I think customer feedback is, is essential, you know, and not just the feedback that you get for, for the wallet of how to make better, but, you know, exactly these types of conversations. It's very much needed. Um, what is uh, Wasabi 3? More than that. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great question. So I'm, I'm pretty convinced that, like, the, the on chain privacy part, we got it figured out. Like, this is basically done. Um, the UX can be slightly improved, but basically it's done as well. Um, so I'm I'm guessing our, our next step is is going to be scaling, reaching more people. You know, so that means, um, for example, translating the software. You know, that's that's an obvious one. Getting a mobile wallet. No one reads it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> you know, mobile wallet is is another huge yes. one. Obviously, like so many people don't have a laptop. You yeah. know, so that's that's massive. Um, being able to coin join on your hardware wallet directly. It's another huge That thing, would be very cool. Right? Um, it's coming very soon, by the way. How? Uh, How? Is that like magic? Partnership magic. with the wallets? Um, this specifically, yes. Yeah. So it's, coming to, Col- so it's coming to Cold Card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cold Card doesn't even have its own wallet, right? So they, they couldn't do it. Like, I mean, I mean CoinKite, the company behind Cold Card, doesn't produce a software wallet. You know that you manage with your cold card. Right. They just work with with any other wallet, right? So as soon as let's say Wasabi adds well, CoinJoin hardware wallets, then they're doing it with Trezor. I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. <laughs> I mean, there's only a few you can guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's not not much any other options left. So <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think what else I would be thinking about. Oh, oh yeah, right. Sorry. One thing of of what's 3.0, right? Uh, Lightning. Well, Obviously. that was on my head. So, is there like an equivalent coin joining for Lightning? Because I've heard Lightning's mm. pretty private, but not completely private. Yeah. Um, no, coin join is a very blockchain specific yeah. thing. Right? But th- but you will come up with something different for Lightning. Yeah. We started like half a year ago. The Lightning Privacy Research Club uh, was, or CK Snacks sponsored it as well. Um, and we've kind of took an overview of what's the current state of the Lightning network, and it's pretty good. If you're a sender. Great privacy yeah. on the Lightning Network, right? um, but if you're a receiver, not so great. You know, if you're a routing node, also not so great. You know, there are many things that could be improved there. Um, and well, now after these couple months, we have it somewhat figured out as well. Like just as a quick summary, like blinded uh, blinded paths give you basically anonymous receiving experience. 
So once you receive money, the, the sender doesn't even know your, your node, uh, where the money goes to. Uh, then we have, of course, Taproot improving a lot of the privacy aspects like channel privacy that multi-sigs look like single signature, stuff like this. These point time lock contracts help a lot to improve the routing privacy as well. Um, yeah, like basically with this, we have a rather solid theoretical foundation of making off-chain payments in a privacy-preserving way. Nice. It's going to take us maybe like another half a year or a year to finalize that research. Uh, and the goal of it is to have a, the design or the architecture of a privacy-focused, lightweight lightning wallet. And so not a full lightning node, it's something like Wasabi. It's not a full Bitcoin node. You know, it's just a lightweight wallet that cares about privacy. That makes it much more heavy than, let's say, Ledger Life, you know, but uh, it it's still light compared to other solutions. And we're probably going to get something like this. Um, well, in Wasabi, it's going to take some time because Wasabi is now like flagship, stable, high quality software. And we're not going to experiment with some hacky solutions that work somewhat for some users. You know, we want a proper solution that works by default for everyone, you know. So it's going to take two years, five years to get it into Wasabi. But that doesn't mean that other wallets cannot experiment soon. Yeah. Well, also with the stable coins potentially coming to Lightning, I think being able to coin join, whatever your version of coin join is on Lightning, your stable coins, that would also be interesting for people, if that's possible. Yeah. I mean, basically, you can do a lot with payment channels and you can route through even multi-asset payment channels. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be really interesting. Um, it's just a lot of complexity. You know, and there's many, many, many different nuances that you have to consider. And it's it's difficult enough to build a secure lightning network by just sticking with one currency, you know, but then adding second currencies and all the foreign exchange risk that, that goes on there opens a lot more attack vectors. And yeah, I'm not sure if it's with privacy. Probably mm. it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter so much, I would say, uh, what the asset type is on a lightning network. Um, but yeah, nuances everywhere. Lots of work to do. It's not going to be boring. Are you still living entirely on Bitcoin? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, has that got easier? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, you know, define entirely, like, well, like as best you can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still, mean, I, I, you carry a few dollars, but do you have a bank account? No. No bank account at all. No. Hmm. Why? It's just certain things like I don't know that are easier, like mortgage payments. <laughs> That's true. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're in the in the credit system. Yeah, uh, you 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 need all the benefits that a fiat banking account. But you're not in a credit system. No. Interesting. I'm, you know, I, I, I love finance, and and debt finance is a beautiful thing. Absolutely, it's it's essential. It's without debt, you cannot have a profitable economy. Like you cannot have an economy. Full stop. There must be debt in the system. It's just that the current manifestation of debt is absolutely appalling. Yeah. One question, just before well, you close out. Do you think um, with really good software and getting it to enough users, you can get rid of the need for on-chain privacy? Um, that's an interesting question. Like, but but what do you mean getting rid of on-chain privacy? Well, so, well say privacy by default uh -huh. in terms of like for every user of Bitcoin. That's a that's a really great question. I mean, we, this is what we do. <laughs> I mean, you know. So let's let's assume like everyone earns Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So you don't exchange it, you, you earn it. And then basically only the employee, or sorry, the employer knows that you got paid, so to say. Right? And if you don't do address reuse, which by the way is already a privacy best practice, mm -hmm. you know, that, that should be the default, uh, then it, yeah, it, it already becomes more difficult. But uh, 
No, I think like CoinJoin specifically is, is going to stick around in, in the long run. Like it's a very beautiful solution uh, for, for the financial privacy problem on, on any blockchain, basically, especially on Bitcoin. Um, and I do think that it's going to be the overwhelming default for, for everyone, mm-hmm. um, I think. Um, and, you know, it's not just private people, it's, it's companies as well, like governments, everyone's going to coin join. Um, uh, and that, yeah, that, that will definitely change the, the actual level of privacy that, that you do get. Uh, so, yes, it's, it's about the size of the crowd, right, the anonymity set. And the more people behave similar to you, the more indistinguishable you, you become. Which makes sense is why they're trying to crack down on it early. Yeah, arguably it's not that early. Mm, true. You know? mm. uh, arguably it is. Um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be really interesting. Um, uh, I'm like it's it's probably gonna continue with with some crackdowns, and I I believe we will have to actually pick up to some extent a fight and and take this to court uh, because I think it's it's really really serious legal um like legal mistakes here mm-hmm. like you don't just simply throw out freedom of speech like you do that at your own peril well and, we do here in the uk yeah yeah so i'm 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 really curious of how this goes you know and, and again like the the laws of different countries are are super different yeah but we're a cyberspace company you know so it's 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 a global service used probably all over the place and um, the, the the legalities of it is is incredibly complex in in that sense, you know. So it's tough, but I mean, Pirate Bay, by the way, is another great example that those were you know a couple crazy hackers and freedom lovers who stayed 100% within the the bounds of the law, um, but still, since they challenged uh, well the intellectual property conglomerates of Hollywood and and everyone else. They got some pretty powerful enemies, yeah, and they made their life quite miserable. It's it's funny if you go to piratebay.org/legal, you see a, a lot of the legal requests that Pirate Bay received with, "Hey, take down this illegal content from your website," and then they have to explain, "Hey, the content is not on our website. We just have the magnet torrent link towards the file, but we don't host the information." Very similar to to CK Snacks and Wasabi, like. We're not a financial service provider. It's not our money. We cannot stop our users from using the money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sorry. Like, just an Wasn't it Pirate Bay that accepted Bitcoin and crypto donations, but they said, we don't want Bcash? I don't know, was it? <laughs> I'm sure they tried to say, no thanks. That's cool if that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, and, and ultimately, like, the, the guys doing Pirate Bay, they were absolutely in the right. Like, yeah. they were morally, ethically, legally correct. And the other guys were wrong. Didn't help. All of them ended up in jail for at least some time, you know, even though they fought it for a long time. Um, it was like a 15, 20 year long battle, so to say. Wow. Um, Never destroy Pirate Bay. No, exactly. And that's the thing, like whatever they, whatever they do, for example, now with Tornado Cash, like it's not stopping Tornado Cash. I mean, okay, it's on Ethereum. That's not a censorship resistant and there's massive attack vectors that can be taken here. But I mean, let, let's stick with Wasabi. Like the code is free and open source. It's out there. It won't be forgotten. Hmm. You know, people will continue using it, even if it's not our company running the coordinator. The, the backend code, the coordinator code is open source as well. It takes you like five seconds to run it yourself. Uh, and, and you can do it anonymously. You know, like it's kind of the, the head of a hydra, right? If we're the, the kind of good guys, you know, being public, being, being upfront about this, like not trying to hide, actually challenging the, the public conversation about this. And sure, you, you could shoot the messenger. That doesn't mean that the message is gone. 
Quite on the contrary, right? It will just be a Hydra popping up more and more. If I copied your code and created my own version of Wasabi out there and I became a coordinator, am I connected to yours or is it completely independent? Completely independent. I so mean, is it technically possible that they can they can integrate? Because then you could just have people create thousands of them around the world. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had this idea of just putting the backend code into Wasabi Wallet. You know, you click a button, initialize CoinJoin, invite yeah. your friends. Sure. Right? Join Market does that. In Join Market, you're your own coordinator. The, the taker in the Join Market jargon is the coordinator. Right? And the, the coordinator backend code is just in every client. Click a button with start a round. You say the round parameters that you have. And then you don't invite your friends. You actually pay for liquidity. Right? Uh, so the makers, the CoinJoin users, so to say, connect to your server, and then you all make that CoinJoin together. Right? Interesting. Um, and yeah, that's you know that's that's the other thing. How are you going to stop that? You know, how are you going to stop people using their computer and talking to other computers? We like, have to win. That's why. Yeah, we do. Like it's it's seriously a, a matter of life and death. Like this. Again, like humanity cannot survive under tyranny. Like it, 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 it just dwindles away and, and dies. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a really important fight. Like if we lose this one, we're screwed. Mm. Like the future is going to be substantially different, substantially different and not in a good way at all. And so th this is why I'm still doing it. You know, ob obviously this is a massive risk. I mean, obviously, you know, um, and it's not just me being like, everyone is aware of this in the team. Like, this could go really, really badly for us, but it's worth it because I, I see I see how bad the situation could be if we don't get our act together. And that makes me seriously afraid. Like, actually, I'm shitting my pants, like, much. And on the other hand, I see what Bitcoin enables and what privacy enables and how that changes humans so fundamentally uh, and makes them much more ethical and and righteous. And that's the hope that I have. You know, where could we be if we stop stealing from each other for a couple of years, you know? Like, that's just insane. Yeah. The, the, the potential of the human spirit is absolutely limitless. Right? And so I have that fear behind me. I have that motivation in front of me. There's nothing that's going to stop me. Like, I'm, I'm as all in as, as it could be. And yes, it might be I go for jail for this. Um, I hope not. I would, I'm similar to Jack Mellers, too pretty to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a little bit prettier. I, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, brother, um, I think it's amazing what you're doing. Uh, I'm always very honest. I'm not going to pretend ever. The product was unusable for me last time because it was too yeah. complicated. Now it's usable. Um, I'm just going to migrate to Wasabi Wallet. It just makes absolute sense. That's sweet to hear. Uh, yeah, no, it's brilliant what you've done. You've just... You've just like a lot of these things need automating and you've taken yeah. it away. It's no headache and just get on with it. So um, uh, anyone listening, go check out Wasabi Wallet. Go and have a play with it. It's super easy. Um, if I can understand it, you can. Uh, big shout out to you, Max. Appreciate you coming in. Coming to Bedford. Appreciate you coming to my hometown. Yeah, it's um, a lovely a lot place. Uh, we're going to have a beer tonight, hopefully. And uh, yeah, I've got, I've got to go and get my kids. So keep doing what you do. Appreciate you, man. And Thank you very uh, much. yeah, this was very worth doing. Yeah, it is. It is. Hopefully we're we're gonna go for the stars. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bright future. It can be. It really can be. The moon and the stars. Yes. All right. Friday night. All right, people. See you later. That's it. Bye bye.
Okay, thank you for listening to What Bitcoin Did. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Max Hillebrand. Definitely go and check out Wasabi 2.0. I love the updates they've made. They've made privacy for someone like me super easy, super easy. So go and check it out. After we recorded, I took Max for a beer and I said to him, hey, you should sponsor the show. And he got straight back to me and said, all right, we'll do it. So appreciate them sponsoring the show and supporting everything I'm doing. Anything else? you got a question, you want to reach out to me, my email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Feel free to drop me an email. I do try and reply to everyone. Actually, I do. I reply to everyone. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time because I get a lot of emails, but I will get through to all of them. All right, have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you all soon.